Hey everyone, it is me, Lauren, your creative mentor, and I'm really excited today to share with you the second episode of my interview series uh, where I talk to other creatives in the industry to just like get their story and like see if it can help. So um, I'm, today I'm talking to my good friend, Amanda Lake. We go way back, way back to high school, as you will hear. And um, we talk a lot about animation because she's the character design supervisor on the show Tuka and Birdie. Uh, so she brings up a lot of like really good points about like how to find your people and how to kind of break into industries because, well, you know, we lived together in Los Angeles and like she just had to, she didn't know a ton of people and so she found her people and we talk a lot about that. And um, she gave me a bunch of really good links for you guys to follow up on in the comments on the YouTube video, the Patreon, wherever like I can link you to. So check those out. Um, but yeah, I loved talking about this. I learned so much from her. And uh, we talked a lot about like the journey and like, you know, imposter syndrome stuff and like figuring out how to figure yourself out. So I really love this one. I think you guys will too. And for all you people out there who keep asking me animation questions, I like was really excited she wanted to do this because that's probably the most I'm asked about. So I hope Amanda can help you guys out and enjoy the episode. And here we are, two creatives in the big bad world. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Finally. From our, our, from our graffiti days to here. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of forgot about that. We would climb through like pipes and I... shit. <laughs> Suburban, bad, boring graffiti. <laughs> well, it was either like get drunk as teenagers or go do graffiti. I think we chose the yeah. best thing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll just get started here. The The best place to start is the beginning, right? At art school, huh? <laughs> I guess so. Or, or I guess really like starting at the beginning or in like order doesn't really actually make a lot of sense if you think about it, because I don't think any creative who is viewed as successful or just straight up is like really planned it. You know, I think it just happens to us. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So how did being the character designer designer on Tuca and Birdie happen to you, but like 10 years ago? <laughs> how did you get here? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's, uh, it's a lot of happenstance, um, but... Yeah, I mean, okay, so I went to art school. I studied graphic design and then switched to illustration. And I thought I was going to be doing screen printed gig posters my whole life. Um, I was like, had my heart set on it, you know? Uh, you can't make money doing that um, unless you're like one of five people. And so right out of school I was just looking for any creative job I was applying at every little graphic design studio every just anything it was like I guess there's more a lot more advertising jobs than there are I don't know like freelance opportunities for illustrators especially in Ohio 
which is where I went to school, Columbus, Ohio. Um, so yeah, I got an interview at a little graphic design studio called Bonfire Red, and um, it went great. I had a great interview. We just had a really good conversation, and uh, they liked me, but they ended up hiring somebody else. And it's like, okay, well, that's fine, I guess. You really liked me, and I still didn't get the job? Okay, I guess I'll just never get a job. That's <laughs> a crushing <laughs> feeling. And then days later, they uh, called me back and said that they recommended me at a motion design studio called Space Junk. And I ended up getting an internship there. So I'm in animation now. I'm an animator now. <laughs> Something Boom, you didn't go to school. Something you didn't actually nope. study at school in any way. Yeah. Well, and this, I mean, the thing was, I, I wasn't doing animation. I was doing design for animation, which I had no idea was a separate job that an illustrator could do. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I ended up getting hired there because they wanted me to, like, design some T-shirts, like, branded T-shirts for them, which I ended up never doing, and slowly just, like, started working on every project they had there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just I stayed there. I slowly went up the ranks there over the course of three years, um, ended up being the lead designer, only designer <laughs> there <laughs> for a little bit. I feel um, like that happens a lot to people. They're like the only designer or they get like a, I would say lead designer is like a pretty senior title for most people. And it's just like, I'm uh -huh. not a, a kid in a place. Like what? <laughs> I just called myself that because I was the only one. So I was just like, <laughs> I'm the lead. That's what I put on my resume. I know definitely I was the lead designer. <laughs> uh, yeah. So... I yeah, I worked there for for three years, and it was all like advertising, motion design, animation stuff, and uh, it was an awesome place to learn. That felt more like school than art school did. <laughs> uh, every project was completely different and required different skills, and like it was super fun. It was always just like fast paced, and uh, yeah, it's really cool. Um, but Eventually, I was like, I'm tired of doing all this advertising stuff. I want to do entertainment stuff. And I want to do funny, goofy cartoons. And I don't get to do that a lot in advertising. So <laughs> I think I need to go somewhere else. And decided to move to LA. Moved here. Moved in with you. <laughs> Had a friend that I got to crash with for six months. Buddy um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, ended up working for a terrible person <laughs> I don't like talking about all the time, but it happened and it's just like part of my story and I kind of wish it wasn't, but uh, yeah, I mean, I worked for John Kay for six months mm -hmm. and uh, got out of there. <laughs> 
and luckily he like recommended me to a couple places before all of the shit came out about him and uh that's how i got a couple other jobs i started working at six point harness um which is a studio felt very similar to space junk it was a lot of like short kind of almost like freelance projects but they were doing cartoony stuff um just like a little bit of a longer project each time instead of really short advertisements it was like uh short series or like shorts for youtube or something um yeah then uh made friends got a job on bojack through friends um did character design on that worked for uh the Shadow Machine was the production studio for that. And then um, worked on a couple other little projects that are just no one will ever see. <laughs> one of them is a show that will never, ever come out. We made the whole show and I, I don't know. I don't know if it will ever come out. No one has bought it yet. So that was, you know, a good big chunk of my life. <laughs> and then... Uh, Oh, I worked on a show for Quibi. So that happened. Quibi happened. A lot of us made money off of it. It was very nice for a moment. Um, but the art director on that show, we got super close. And she's the art director for Tuca and Birdie. So that's how I ended up getting the character design supervisor job for Tuca was by working really well with Allison Dubois. Um, so yeah, and then I did that. <laughs> now I'm, now I'm here. <laughs> Woo, that's, you know, you, you made that sound. really long. No, it's great. <laughs> no, there's, there's a lot of juice in there I want to get to. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of little things, uh, but it's just, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. It just kept pushing for it, you know? Um, well, yeah. like, I I feel like when I was in art school, so now we'll go back to the beginning. Now that we know where you, yeah. where you came from, where you went, and how you got here, we'll, like, dig around. The short, long of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, <laughs> something I've been, like, talking a lot about in, like, breaking down is just art school in general. And with how all of that financing specifically has been going for everyone, when people ask me today, and even people's parents, like, on TikTok, I'll get parents in the comments of, like, 15-year-old kids, like, when we met, essentially, um, kind of <laughs> asking advice on, like, a pathway and I keep saying all the time, like, you know, having a creative job is kind of the most DIY career you could have. You know, there's no like one, two, three, here you go. You know, you go to school mm -hmm. and study and then you end up somewhere completely differently. Um, so kind of getting to the root of my question, I guess. Um, and like, and we went to school in like the mid 2000s, like 2010s-ish kind of time where things weren't yeah. as 
developed and digital they there was digital things but it wasn't like you couldn't buy shit off of instagram and facebook didn't have ads yet like that was where we started and now it runs mm-hmm. on freaking it's life like deviant art it's like deviant art was the only place to kind of build a fan base and yeah yeah and like netflix wasn't even making its own shows yet like the job you have now didn't even exist when you were out of college which is like kind of wild to like think about yeah bojack bojack was the first one that they made and i worked on the final season of it very strange it's very surreal yeah it's so interesting so when people ask me like should i go to art school what should i do I'm always like really scared to answer a very specific question to them. So for you, how do you feel art school fared for you into in the sense of like how you got where you are now? Yeah. Well, I think I I needed it. Um if you are able to afford time to just focus on your art for 4 years and try and figure out your style, try a whole bunch of different mediums, do just have time to focus on being an artist. That's invaluable. That is a, I mean, my teachers, there's good and bad, you know, Um, but really it was just like me making a decision to, make a career out of this and get out of it being able to say that I had a BFA. Not that that's the most important thing, but it's just a thing that you can put on your resume. Um, If you have time to build a portfolio on your own, (laughs) do it. You know, there's there's plenty of artists that are self-motivated and self-driven enough to do that. I, I needed structure and I needed I lived at the school and like that was my whole life for four years was just art so I don't know it just really depends on the type of person you are you know um I'm still paying off my student loans but I don't know I it's whatever it's just there you know it'll it'll go away eventually and there's no rush to pay it off. You can forbear your loans and do all kinds of stuff. If you're struggling at first, there's totally ways to put that stuff off. Um, I Yeah, I mean, it just really depends on how self-motivated you are. And uh, it's totally a privilege. It's totally like a, a special thing that not everybody gets to do, but it. I think, I mean, cemented me making a career out of art and like going for it. It, you know, it changed the course of my life. Uh, yeah. (laughs) So good and bad, you know? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing I think about now But when I was looking for jobs in like 2013, 14, like if you didn't have a degree, they just like threw you out the window. And I don't know, um, I don't know how people 
who are making those decisions yeah. now feel. And I also feel like mm -hmm. a lot of people in our age group are on the cusp of being people who get to make that decision, you know? So that's something I kind of weigh, but also yeah. like, I think that perspective is very interesting of like, if, if you're not someone who can self-motivate yourself enough, to sit and make a portfolio. And I also think if you're mm -hmm. not going to go to school and you do have time, it's a little overwhelming to be like, well, what do I make? And what do I put in here? And like, what do I do? Where do I go? Like, exactly. it's just, your brief is too big. Like, <laughs> unless you go to yes. school and they're like, you're doing illustration, burp, 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 we're grading you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's super hard for me just sitting and staring at a blank page. Like, it's the most intimidating thing. I think uh, every artist agrees. <laughs> it's just, where do you go from here? Where do you go from nothing? It's very mm -hmm. hard to pull something out of your brain. Um, being assigned specific projects and doing specific things that I never would have done on my own, it just made me practice. It was just practice. Even if the stuff that came out was trash, <laughs> it was still just like, you have to get the trash out of the way. You have to spend time to finally get a portfolio that is that is worth looking at. And that's uh, really hard. I feel like my portfolio wasn't the strongest in the world when I got out of college, but I had a degree and that definitely made it easier. It was just like another thing that I could tack on to my portfolio. Mm -hmm. um so yeah i mean yeah personally <laughs> i feel like a degree is like the the entry fee into a lot of the workforce for creativity still with how much online learning there is now between like skillshare and linkedin stuff and like mm -hmm. how also how many like really established accomplished talented creatives there are they they're like sitting down right now and like making classes because i think a lot of people feel mm -hmm. like how a lot of us feel who are in the field being like god why was this so hard to figure out like what is this that like yeah i don't know how that's gonna like grow and equate into that later maybe it will be noticeable maybe it won't but i find that yeah. super interesting as well so I, have you like taken any like online things just to like poke around at all um i haven't done too much of too many classes or anything like that uh i just i don't know in my free time i'm not trying to do more work <laughs> if i'm gonna draw it's just gonna be me doodling whatever comes out and like I'm not gonna push it and I'm not gonna stress it because work is is exhausting and takes so much of your creative energy that I I don't need to add on to that you know um if you want to get to another place if you want to become a storyboard artist or something taking a class is a good thing to do uh and if you've never like done storyboarding before and you need to build that portfolio totally go ahead and do that super important and it's amazing that there really is a ton of classes and a ton of access to that stuff now um but yeah it's just it's just about finding time to do it because 
when you're working, if you're working full time, if you're working a job that isn't creative or is creative, whatever it is, it's exhausting. Working 40, 40 hours a week is is a lot. It's, it's everything that you have. So being able to draw after that is like, it's a luxury. And, uh, you know, art school removes that, right? It's just, that is your 40 hours a week. It's doing art. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's it's really invaluable just for that. As long as you're going in, knowing that you're just going to practice and hone your skill. And you even if it's just internal and you're not worrying about the teachers or whatever, like you kind of know where you want to go and you just want to build a portfolio. It's a, it's a great way to do it. It's insanely expensive and corrupt and fucked up, but, um, (laughs) but it's, uh, you know, it's just really hard to practice when you have to make a living and, uh, yeah, you know, well, and like that brings, that brings up another like interesting point that like I've been picking a lot of like my creative director's brains about for a couple of years because inevitably when you do do something for 40 hours a week you think about it all the time and then when you're not doing it Mm -hmm. you're out in the world being a creative and taking everything (laughs) the world is in all the time Mm -hmm. and then of course you're going to apply that to the thing you think about the most and so something I've been like exploring even on my own is like you know creative work and creative joy and how do you protect what brings you creative joy without like turning it into work, especially when you could literally mm-hmm. monetize anything you do. And and yeah. we specifically as millennials have been told to do that from the get go. And so like, you know, I don't draw as yeah. much as I used to, but I also have actively decided drawing will never make me money because then it won't be fun. And so I would say, yeah you draw all day so like how do you think about that do you have like boundaries for yourself to protect anything well i mean so good thing about the tv industry once you get established in it once you can get comfortable which takes a long time i've been here for five years and i'm just now getting to that point uh there you work in seasons other people work on shows in between shows but there there can be a gap of time where you can take that just to take a break and kind of just slowly reignite something in yourself but it really just you have to take time off uh i could barely do anything when i was working outside of work i you know i would doodle but it's just it's just nothing (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, it's really hard. It's really hard. And I'm kind of just, I'm trying to work on shows that I love the style that, uh, feeds that creative energy in me because when you work on something where the style is like, not exactly great, there's, oh, there's nothing worse. <laughs> it's just, if you don't love the show that you're working on. It's so much work and it takes so much time. Like, oh, it's so hard. So really just like 
pushing my personal style, trying to uh, work on jobs that meet those things. That's kind of where I'm trying to focus my creative energy and like anything that comes out in between is is great like good for me <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know I'm trying to have my career also feed that because I just don't have time for for this to be my hobby really anymore uh I feel like I said like a million different things just like I feel like I went off on, like, so many tangents. Well, I think, like, a major projection that you either see or you're told or you go into, like, school thinking about when you're essentially a teenager, when everyone's like, decide what you're going to do now. You have to get out of my house. Like, you know, (laughs) like, I always personally felt like I was supposed to have the answer and it and like when you're a kid you don't know how many answers you're allowed to have you're allowed to have like 18 bajillion not just one (laughs) and um so i like i don't really know what kind of question i'm trying to articulate here but it's something (laughs) like to do with like you know one, I guess, is did you kind of feel like you had to have an answer going into the beginning of all of this? And two, part two, depending <laughs> on what that is, like, like, what do you think about that projection, like, that everyone kind of has? Because I feel yeah. like I feel like that's the number one pressure going into school or coming out of it or or deciding I am going to do a creative career. And then you like freak out forever to be like, what am I doing? Oh my God. So like, how did you get through the, what am I doing? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, great question. Um, <laughs> but seriously, it's to, yeah, totally true. I mean, uh, when I started school, I had to convince my parents that I, there was something that I could do that would make money when I got out and, graphic design felt like the closest thing to that, you know? So I started as a graphic design major um, halfway through. I mean, right at the beginning, I knew it wasn't ideal for me. It wasn't exactly what I wanted to do, but um, I took the classes and I learned a lot and I still use those skills all the time. Uh, so I'm glad that I started there. You just kind of pick up stuff as you go and then you just kind of have to figure it out. I don't know. It's just like you stumble into things that you like and you just have to, you have to work on your personal stuff and like stand out in that way. And then people will hire, hire you for those things, even advertising agencies, um when I first moved here I emailed a ton of like motion design studios because I knew I had experience in that so I could maybe pick up freelance jobs and I still pick up freelance jobs in advertising and motion design all the time but they want like more of my personal style now um and uh people remember me for that because my portfolio wasn't just like oh here's all the things that you need to see 
to check off your list like yes i can do a typography yes i can do uh infographic i can also do background like there's you know different ways to set up your portfolio and like present yourself and uh i think over time i mean it took forever to develop something that felt um unique and memorable uh so that when i email those people that's that's what they're looking at they're not looking at the client work or whatever uh uh, did that answer your question at all (laughs) (laughs) well like i mean i thought i was gonna do screen printed posters i said that before you know like i thought i was gonna i was just trying to figure out any way to like do sell my drawings you know like graphic design combined with illustration you get posters that's like what i felt i love screen printing so much i love like just doing it it's just the most fun it's the most fun thing in the world but um yeah i also love animation i've loved animation my whole life and i just never thought i could be part of it because i didn't know that there you don't have to animate to be a part of animation like there's just a million jobs in the world for artists that you will never know until you uncover it for yourself. Like, it just takes a, a long time to find it. But, um, yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> well, and I. It's I, ambiguous. Yeah. And I think that's like what's frustrating because I think people, when they go to school, they assume school will have those answers. Tell me what I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. Right. And then it's yeah. really difficult, even if even if schools did pay attention to that, it's difficult to direct someone to be like, just go explore. I don't know what you're going to like. It's kind of like yeah. a, a catch-22 scenario. And like, yeah, I say all the time, like, just go pick what you would be doing anyway. Just chase what you would be doing anyway. Because you'll either enjoy getting paid for it or exactly. you won't. It, it's like when I did that illustration thing with that DC Comics guy. I was like, I fucking hate this. I don't want to do this. <laughs> but like, yeah, knowing me and how much I love to draw and what I would draw, it's like, wow, you you hated that? I know, I'm just as shocked. Like, <laughs> you, you don't know. Yeah, you just have to try stuff out. I mean... It's kind of, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You go. Oh, I was just going to say it's kind of like the best advice (laughs) as a creative I could give anyone. Like, just go try stuff, especially if you're like a baby designer just starting. Like, just go ham and try stuff and embrace the fact you don't know what the fuck you want to do. Just go do anything. (laughs) Yeah. And email at like send send stuff to studios and places that you think you would never get a job at. If you think it's like way beyond your skill level, still contact them because if you can get an internship or something, luckily the space junk one was like a paid internship. It was nice. It wasn't like, you know, shitty. Um, (laughs) Like a lot of them are, but uh, you know, just, just, talk to talk to anybody and everybody you can i hit up video game studios when i got out of school i thought that might be a thing i wanted to do um 
And I got responses from some companies that I thought I never would get a response from. And they were just very helpful and uh, just start building relationships with people. Try everything that you're interested in. If you if you have like an outside interest, if you're like, I love soccer, <laughs> like you can do an art job for soccer. You do an art job for tennis. <laughs> like there is art jobs everywhere. So try and just like combine the things that you like and you'll find something that feels like good and comfortable and uh, rewarding. Leave shitty jobs. <laughs> if it feels bad, quit. Like just quit. I uh, Every time I've quit a job, it's just like worked out so much better for me after. And I, maybe I'm lucky, but you can use that experience to get a better job. You can say I worked here and I learned all of this stuff. It didn't work out for me there, but you know, it gives you leverage and it gives you experience and um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that advice. Quit shitty jobs. Cause like, I want yes. people like stay in shitty jobs cause it's scary. It's scary as a creative to be like, well, what if I can't find anything better? But if you're listening yeah. to us and you feel like that, you have two professionals telling you there are a million jobs. Go just get a shitty one. You're gonna, it's going to make you yes. not want to do this if you stay in a shitty place. Yeah, so I can't tell you. destroy your soul. <laughs> it will eat your soul. And it's really hard to uh, fully correctly look for a job while you're also working it's like another thing like working on your portfolio it's very hard to find another job while you're working full-time at some other job so if you just take the leap and full-time just like dive into improving your portfolio reaching out to companies that uh you are actually interested in um you'll find something eventually Something will click with somebody and uh, yeah, it'll work out. But save up some money and, and get get out of there. <laughs> Different but similar kind of question. So I talk a lot about how to like fit into like company structures just because my specific profession I have to worry about like marketing results and things like what well, I do that will make my work better. And that's what I want. I, that's what I enjoy in your specific field of like animation. Is there kind of like a learning curve or even at your other jobs? Did you feel like there was like a general, like organizational learning curve that as a creative is like, like it was weird to figure out and like, <laughs> what was up with that? <laughs> yeah, I um, I somehow kind of it felt pretty natural to me to start fitting into the animation pipeline. Like it it made sense to me pretty quickly. Um, I'm pretty good at learning programs quickly, which is a, a thing that you have to do because uh, different shows are every show is completely different. A lot of them use different programs. You might use Toon Boom one day and animate the next 
uh, so you have to be flexible there. Uh, but, you know, I think our generation and younger, we're just more and more used to figuring out computer stuff, you know? <laughs> like, I can easily just figure it out. The buttons, I can look at them and just slowly, I can Google anything that I don't know. Uh, so it's, I feel like I kind of, I'm good at that, which is a very important skill to have. You have to just be able to jump in and like quickly learn stuff um, for each project. And uh, also like drawing in different styles. I'm pretty good at that, like mimicking other people's styles, which is important in animation because you're always just going to be drawing somebody else's style for a long time until you art direct. Uh, so being flexible with your style and stuff is, is very important. It's an important skill to have. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would say that that's probably the most important one is just being able to like learn a style quickly. It's hard. I've definitely done projects where I, it, it took me a really long time to figure out a style and like uh, not get a ton of notes every time I turned in a character design or whatever. Um, yeah. Do you work with like a lot of the same kind of like teams or people? Because like having being in an in-house design team, like I'm working with the same people for years and like the more you work with people, the more you know what they're going to say and you can just get it right the first time. Is that similar or different because it's different producers and all that stuff? Uh, yeah, yes and no. I've definitely, I've worked with a lot of different people. Um, at Six Point Harness, I was in-house for two years, so I worked with all the same people there. That was that was nice. At you know, and at Space Junk earlier, motion design, we were all in house um, together. Shadow Machine really likes keeping people the uh, same team, keeping people together. So uh, it's been nice, just like having a good relationship with that studio that I can. Um, we're on a bunch of different projects there and I'll like run into the same people over and over again. But every time we all go, we all split up, everybody will go work on different projects and then we might all come back together. Some people will have left and moved on to other projects. Some people have like gone to Netflix or something. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's a little bit of both. Um, I run into people all the time. I've worked with my friend Sean Glaze. Uh, we worked at Titmouse together in some random commercials. That's where we met. And then later we just worked on a project at Shadow Machine. Um, and it's always fun to see it, those people again. And like, yeah, it's a little, it's a little community, you know. We got a little animation village out here. <laughs> it's well, nice. It's good and like speaking of like the little community like i mean creative industries are like weirdly vast and strangely small uh, <laughs> even here in like chicago like i wouldn't be a head buddy because you never you never know um but a lot of people um ask me specifically through this podcast like a lot of people want to get into animation or like take a transferable skill 
into that and like my biggest my best piece of advice for those people is like if you have like a PR degree go like work for a studio and like learn everybody and like you can find the best advice for you to transfer to whatever but like if someone studied animation or wants to transfer over into it or anything like that what do you think is the most helpful piece of advice or information for them to start thinking about um move here first <laughs> i you know stuff changed with the pandemic right we're all working from home but uh before this i think i think eventually it's just it'll get back to that one day i don't know we just got our mask mandate again um but uh the community and like being able to just like see each other be around each other is um so important and uh it's really like we're very tight-knit and everybody helps each other out if you're looking for work if you're in trouble or whatever you can just post on instagram like hey i'm looking for character design or prop design or background painting whatever and uh the friends that you make out here can help you and you can help them tell people when uh your studio is hiring but it's it's a community and like it's important to be here and be part of it um i mean we'll see in the future if people are working remotely we had a character designer who um was working from japan in um, tuka it was pretty nuts. It was pretty difficult, but you know, it's possible. These things are happening. Um, but it's definitely rare and I think harder to maintain a consistent uh, work life because you're still freelancing. It's just really long projects. It's like a nine month project instead of a two week freelance job or whatever. So um yeah just find find your crew the type that do the type of work that you like doing and uh you'll all just hire each other on stuff um <laughs> well and like i yeah. remember <laughs> i remember when we were out stomping around figuring it out uh together we would go to that what was it called it was like that drawing night at yeah a little drink and draw yeah the drink and yeah. draws because i think like telling people to just like find their communities like a really broad thing so like if i'm someone who's oh. like okay i moved to la like where do i look what do i do like, like yes like how did it you is. find so that... the like drink and draw did you just hear about it from somebody or like what do you do yeah i um i had it was like a friend of a friend out here from Ohio and he would go to it all the time. So I joined him uh, and just started going to that pretty regularly, met people there. Um, yeah, I mean, I got kind of lucky with my first job and made friends through that. And uh, it's, it's really hard to get it going it is to get that first job but once you do you just you know make friends at work and 
people move around all the time. So you'll slowly just start making more and more friends because, uh, you know, somebody you worked with starts working at Netflix and then you go to a party there with them and they have like all these Netflix friends or whatever. And you just like slowly start meeting people. Um, but yeah, there's drink and draw events. Uh, my friend Sean Glaze and Matt Marglo, uh, they have another drink and draw event that they used to do at a brewery, but you know, pandemic. So now they're doing it online. They have a discord that you can join. Um, uh, let me actually look at the, their Instagram name because you have to like DM them on Instagram to get the link for the discord. Uh, and but, like anyone could do that. Yes. Yes. Then I'll put it it's in just the like description a, below. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a great it's a great Discord. There's like people who post work in progress stuff, or they're looking for critiques, or um, you're just slowly trying to meet people, or just get some get some eyes on your work or whatever. Sometimes people post job listings on there. Um, yeah, but they have a drink and draw event like every other week or so. And uh, Sean also does a great interview series with animation professionals on Twitch. Um, it's like drawing duels or something. But he he goes on with somebody else and they have their they're like screen sharing and then they get drawing requests from the chat and then they both like have to draw the thing and whoever's the funniest gets a point for that round and then they just like keep doing it but he's like interviewing them while they're doing it uh that's a i mean it's a great interview series to watch because he has like chris p who founded titmouse is a co-founder of titmouse he was on there pendleton ward was on there um so it's you know you can hear all of their stories and stuff he's a good interviewer so that's, that's a good cool. spot yeah yeah um, yeah, I mean, you'll just slowly find people. I'm also still friends with some people from college who have like a little animation viewing every month or so called Malt Adult. It's another great community. They have a Discord as well. Um, yeah, they're like experimental animators and they'll like post it. The, the viewings are always just like really fun, very well curated. Uh, short, like one hour, two hour viewing. Um, and they publish a zine uh, along with it every month that anybody can submit to. Oh, uh, cool. That's just, there's a, yeah. So she, uh, Sarah Schmidt started it and she started it because she was, she's like, the comics community has. They have um, conventions and they have all of this, like they make zines together and stuff. They have kind of this small community and she was trying to make, build that type of community for animation. And uh, she also would like go to, there's a lot of animation festivals and stuff that you can go to, like Glass um, is a big one. Uh, and she wanted to kind of bring that home to Ohio. She's still in Columbus. So she has, you know, that's where it started. She would do them in-person viewings, but now she's doing them online. Uh, yeah, 
I, there's all kinds of stuff out there. You just gotta, you gotta dig around and root around, <laughs> find your little group, you know, just like start making friends on Instagram or, uh, there's, there's a million ways to do it now. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and especially yeah. with everyone putting everything online now, I mean, like, I mean, look at this, like, you have to innovate. I know. Like... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm so happy that Alt Adult is online now. It's, it's so great. Uh, I love watching it every month. It's just a really nice thing. And there's like a, a live chat. So everybody's like talking about the shorts that are on. Um, it's always very positive and cool. Uh, Oh, and uh, Hellavision, Hellavision Television is another one, <laughs> wearing their t-shirt, representing. Um, <laughs> they're in Minneapolis. They do, uh, they do, a, uh, randomly, they'll do screenings, and their, uh, their screenings are, like, Multidult is very well curated, and then Hellavision is, like, we take everything. <laughs> So it's a total just like television disaster. Um, and it's so fun. And uh, they, you know, have a theme every time and uh, they encourage you to do literally anything. If it takes, if you just do it in 24 hours, submit it, you're done. It's great. That's what they want. Uh, so that's a really fun one. Um, easy to participate. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of cool stuff happening in the world. That's sounds... get out there. Yeah, I feel like that's the number one thing, especially coming out of like school or whatever. It's like, wh- where do I, where do I look? Like, I feel like mm-hmm. until I got my ass kicked out of LA, like I didn't even know <laughs> like what was important. So, and then I just, <laughs> I just started meeting people, and they started telling me things like this, and I was like, oh, why would I? that i don't fucking know like <laughs> yeah i i mean it took it took me a long time to find this stuff too really multidol and television like became really important for me during the pandemic it was like that's that was kind of a new thing for me so they come up they come up and it takes time to find you know your crew but uh, they exist. There are people that like the same things as you out in the world, and they get together and they find each other and they make stuff together. So just keep, uh, yeah, keep doing the shit that you like, and you'll find people who like it too. That's well, and I goes. think it's also like important to remember, especially like as I would imagine most people listening like look up being like, wow, you guys like got there. And I remember feeling like that. And like, just a reminder, like we love to just be like, you're new here. Come on in. Oh my God. Welcome. Hello. Because it's really like intimidating to be like, what do I have to offer? You don't have to offer shit. Just show up. Like we're just happy. Yes. We're happy. There are more of us here. (laughs) One. 100%. 100%. I talk to um, students and like people who just graduated all the time. Like anybody who wants to come out, I, I'm i down. Like we need more women. We need more people of color. We need, you know, I, uh, I love it. It's just really, I mean, it's a really positive community generally. There's, you know, there's people out there, but 
most of us are just like we just all want to help each other out you know we're all nerds for the same shit so (laughs) (laughs) i mean essentially that's how we like found each other we were like let's go to the five dollar bin at suncoast video and watch movies in the dark all day (laughs) (laughs) yeah let's watch the gorillas live video 100 times and eat pizzones and draw (laughs) we don't even make pizzones anymore (laughs) no I've been buying a ton of calzones lately, and I always think of you. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. I don't think I've had a calzone since high school. <laughs> I'm just like, calzones, Amanda's somewhere. I'm going to watch a cartoon. Woo! Like, <laughs> so that's <sweet>. what I do. <laughs> oh man, I love that. Yeah, good times. Well, and, like, also, you just, you truly don't know where anyone's ever going to end up. So just be excited about everything. Like, did I think Amanda would be a character director on cartoons that I've watched before she did that? No, but here we are. (laughs) I didn't think I would be here either. It's crazy. I can't believe it. It's also just so fun. It's so weird. It's so fun to hype your friend's success to people. People are like, oh my god, Lauren, have you watched BoJack Horseman? I'm like, have I? Let me tell you something. (laughs) I had a roommate and my friend once. (laughs) You see that fainting goat? It was her. Oh, it was me, the fainting goat. It was me. I love him. (laughs) I did do that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's wild man i i don't know it's just great i it's kind of fun when you like look back you're just like i had no idea i'd be here but like wow look what i fell backwards into <laughs> <sighs> i mean there's you know i there's also just been some really hard times i fully thought i was gonna quit animation at one point like Pretty much right before I got this job in Tuca, I was like, I am done. The burnout is very real. Uh, it will happen to you. But you just have to push through it or just stick around. Just wait. Just wait it out. It's it's hard. Uh, you know, after BoJack, I was I was surprised. I it was very hard for me to find work for uh for a few months. I was out of work and not expecting it and uh it was just bad timing you know no one was hiring right after that show so it was just rough there's a rough moment and um yeah it's just uh it's it's crazy (laughs) it's crazy that i'm here now i've taken time (laughs) off on purpose and it's very surreal like i i've i've had four months off I'm not stressed about work for the first time in my life, maybe. That's nuts. (laughs) I think that's also, like, a good point to at least bring up, like, you know, we hear about burnout and imposter syndrome and all these things, and, like, I tell people all the time, it doesn't matter who you are and how successful you are or anything, they're going to happen to you. And, like, how you 
set yourself up to go through that is like what can make all the difference in your journey. Like, I mean, yeah. even right now, like I'm going through really bad burnout at work and I know it. And so I'm like, all right, I'm not going to be like shitty in meetings. I need to catch myself. I need to stop <laughs> doing this. I need to take breaks because oh. like I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very real. Um, I, yeah, I've definitely, I've been there many times and that was, those were the times where I was like, I need to do, I need to change something. I need to do something else or I, I, I gotta make a change. Gotta take a long break, uh, do a different job. <laughs> I mean, you just gotta, you have to change and grow and that's, you know, moving on to your next job is very gratifying and uh can be uplifting and like you know i'm not saying quit your job warren but <laughs> when you start feeling that way is for a reason generally you know um so you can outgrow things 100 percent um i've out i've outgrown jobs and uh it's hard to sometimes it's really hard to move up in uh whatever situation you're in it was hard for me to move up any higher at space junk it was like i feel like i've reached my maximum potential at this studio and i think it's time for me to do something else now that's just it's kind of an it's an artist thing uh we're we're all restless <laughs> I I had a creative director tell me once over a spaghetti dinner, important detail for me, um, that, <laughs> that when it feels like the walls are closing in, the room is too small and you need to walk into a bigger room and fill up the room and do it again. And I was like, that is a wonderful little analogy. Exactly. So. It's exactly right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, start feeling like a big fish in a little pond, you know? Gotta mm -hmm. gotta go to a bigger pond. Maybe a and lake it's scary. this time. It's scary <laughs> to become to be a big fish and then become a little fish again. But then you'll be a mm -hmm. big fish again. You just small big, small big. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just reset. Reset. Start over. Try something new. You're you will grow from it. You'll realize how much you learned from your last job. That's the cra that's the crazy thing too. It's like when I stopped working on Bojack, I was I like painted a little bit, and I was like, I'm better at art now. So I drew every day for nine months or whatever it was, six months maybe. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. You got to step out of it for a second sometimes to really see what you've done. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we covered a ton of ground. So the last thing to say is, uh, what is some advice you wish you had when you started that now you know? Yeah, yeah. So I wrote down. I wrote down my three things. Yep. Save, <laughs> save, save some time for the kids. Give them a shortcut. What do you got? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's the secret that no one's telling you. Um, 
no, I think we kind of covered we covered most of these. I wrote down three three things. First thing, find your community. Find the people who have the same interests as you, who are doing things that you like. Talk to those people. Uh, leave your shitty job. <laughs> it's a big. It's a very important. If it hurts to be there, do something else. You have now. You have that experience that you can put on your resume. You can get a better job potentially. You could potentially get paid more because you have leverage. And when you stay in a job that you don't, you don't have as much leverage when you're just when you're staying, you know. So moving around is important for artists uh, to not get stagnant. Um, Yeah, so that's another one. And then the third one: have a portfolio for yourself and have a portfolio for them if you really feel like you need it. At first, you have to kind of have that portfolio that's like I can do all of these different things because you're when you're in a lower position you're kind of uh they need you to move around and do a bunch of different things like at Space Junk or something as an intern it was like I was doing a million different little jobs so it was important to show that I could do a bunch of different things um but it is also very important to have a part of your portfolio that is your art that is your voice and uh, don't hide that, don't, because that's the memorable part of your portfolio. If your portfolio is like, here's a regular background and a character turn, and this is my family guy drawing, and this is my Bojack drawing, and this is my Steven Universe style. Like, you can have that stuff because there's producers who are looking for that stuff specifically, but make sure that you are putting yourself into it so that it sticks because you see a million Steven Universe drawings every day, but what are you going to add to the show? I know that you can copy it, but what are you going to bring to the show that will make it unique and special? What's special about you? Figure that out. (laughs) It's the hardest thing to do. So it'll take forever, but you know, that's, (laughs) it's important. It's important. Strive yeah. for what makes you special. <laughs> what makes you special? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think all of that is great advice. <laughs> no matter who Thank you, you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if you're not in a creative job, I feel like it's, it's important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Amanda... Thank you. Thank you for talking to everybody. Is there anything you want to like lead people to or a resource for them? Or do you want more Instagram followers? What do you want? What, what, what's going on? <laughs> if you really want to follow my Instagram, it's kind of bananas because it's like Tuka and Birdie stuff and then it's like weird horror stuff. My Instagram is for the, like, five people who like both things. Or people who like behind-the-scenes stuff. I love when you're like, Tuka Birdie, purr, 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 and then you're like, spooky I, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, like, interrupting. People are not asking to see this horror stuff. They follow me because I post the Tuka and Birdie thing, and I'm just like, now look at this monster 
It's your roots, though. You always drew monsters. Yeah, I will never stop. It's the thing that I love the most. So, you know, that's my goal. I That's what I'm trying to do. You know, I still have, like, things I, I, I want to do. I want to do some horror animation. Whoever's making that, hire me for that one. <laughs> we all know know a guy. It's Amanda. Make your monster. Yeah. Your life. I that's you know that's that's the that's the thing that makes me special. It's the thing that I push all the time. It's memorable because it's weird. I drop some weird stuff and people remember it. So <laughs> I get hired for weird stuff sometimes. It's great. It's the best thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, my Instagram is I am Dan Lake. That's my <laughs> Instagram right. handle now. I am a damn lake. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like my name, but it's not my name. Um, yeah, so that's that. And then, uh, yeah, I'll give you all of the stuff about Malt Adult and Hellavision and Sean's stuff, Drink and Draws. Um, so you can post all of the links below. <laughs> Perfect. I love that for everyone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to stop recording this now.